What if I told you that the answer to some of your most pressing questions as a marketer or leader is a really good story? My name is Kelly Parker, and after spending over a decade bringing stories to life as a speaker, writer, and corporate marketer, I'm here to show you the easy way to create your own stories that connect, break through the clutter, and bring in cold, hard cash. Right here on Business Storytelling Made Easy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hope you are doing amazing. Um, I have been sick all week, full disclosure. So um, bear with me, but we, listen, we are going to get through this, okay? We are going to get through this. So today I want to talk about the art of verbal storytelling. So we talk about, you know, kind of written stories and things of that nature and bringing our brands to life. But I want to talk about the power of being able to tell a story verbally and all the different contexts that that can be really useful for us. So, you know, think about perhaps you're at a point in your career where you're a leader and you're being asked to speak. You're getting invitations to speak. You're getting asked to represent your company or perhaps your department. And um, you want to make that presentation as powerful as, as you can. And you want to use stories to kind of boost your, your impact. It could be maybe you're leading a department meeting and you want to give an illustration to help people understand an idea. It could be you're leading a team meeting or something of that nature, and you want to be able to inspire or motivate people. We can even use stories at work to comfort people or encourage them. Or perhaps you're a people manager and you have maybe something that happened to you in your past that you want to use to be able to coach that person or offer them a professional development opportunity. All of these opportunities are you know, great ways to infuse storytelling into our business setting. However, you got to be able to do it well, right? You have to actually be able to tell the story well. And so today I want to break down the seven types of storytellers. And within this, hopefully you'll be able to see yourself here and there and um, define ways that you can become an even better storyteller than you are today. So let's get into it. Storyteller type number one, the rambler. The rambler does not need any explanation because we all know what a rambler is. And there are lots of different reasons that a person might kind of ramble when they are telling a story. They could be really excited. Maybe they're anxious or they're nervous. They might be feeling a little bit insecure. So the thing about being a rambler is it can really impede people's understanding of the actual idea that you're trying to get across, right? Because there's so many details coming at them at one time that are not necessarily um, working together to really communicate that main idea. So if you know that you're kind of a rambler, here are a couple of things that you want to keep in mind. You want to make sure that every single word that you're communicating is centered around that main idea. You want to share how whatever you're talking about, that illustration, that word picture, that story is relevant to the situation at hand. You really want to drive that point home and that connection home. So for you, you always want to make sure you have a map. What a map allows the person to do, of course, is to get to that 
endpoint as directly as possible. So when I say a map, you want to have some notes, okay? Now, some people can just talk off the top of their head and it can be fine. But if you know that you have a tendency to ramble, you want to make sure that you have some notes laid out so that you know exactly where you want to go and getting to that point that hammering that point home of your story through the fastest route possible. So really what we're talking about is being concise, right? So it's always asking the question, how can I be more brief, right? How can I be more concise? How can I get to the point even more quickly and challenging yourself to determine what details are critical to what I'm trying to communicate and what's not and being okay leaving that out. Another thing you can think about is welcoming the pause. It's taking a breath, right? And being okay with that moment of silence, right? Knowing that once you've gotten those, those main key details out, being okay, taking a pause, being okay, stopping, just stopping it. And also avoiding over-explaining, over-telling the story. Once you've gotten those key details out that you've thought through and you've kind of um, talked through that map that you have, let it breathe and let people ask follow-up questions, right? Let it be... Um, a moment people can ask you questions right so if you know you're a rambler you want to work on being concise that's type number one type number two is the Riddler the Riddler so we all know what a riddle is right it's it's incomplete and when you first hear it, you'll be like, what the heck are you talking about? What does that mean? It requires interpretation. It requires you to think really deeply to understand what the person um, could even be talking about. And sometimes when we tell stories, that's the effect that we have. We're like, did, did you give all the information? Because I'm still confused. I don't know what you're talking about. And it could happen for a couple of reasons. Sometimes if we're very knowledgeable about a subject, we're very academic, we're very well read, we might go into great depth about something that perhaps the audience doesn't understand and it feels like a riddle. Like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Or it could take another form in terms of we, we simply don't give enough information. So we haven't painted the picture well enough, right? We haven't given people enough specifics to really wrap their mind around what's going on. You'll know you're a Riddler because people are still confused. You'll tell the story and they're still like, now wait, she went to where? Now who, who did what? Now what does that have to do with, right? They're still confused. And so if you know, perhaps you have a tendency to be a Riddler, you want to work on clarity, being more clear. How can we do that? Include more concrete details. So if you think about your five senses, when we communicate that way, it helps to kind of paint a picture. So if you're trying to paint a scene for somebody, what did you see? What did you hear? Who said what? Right. So thinking about those five senses. Um, another way to think about it is how you can you simplify even more. So if you're talking about a very you know, technical subject matter, kind of complicated for your audience. How can you simplify it even further, right? So sometimes it's about the choice of story. 
um, because that can be very important as well. The illustrations that we choose, they need to be the perfect match for the point we want to make. So that's another thing to think about. You know, maybe it's about choosing another, you know, word picture illustration that could hit home better for your audience, right? So it's all about choosing things that they can be familiar with, have seen before, have some sort of frame of reference for it helps to draw people in and help, helps them cr create connections between ideas, right? So Riddlers need to work on clarity. Story type number three is the Picasso. The Picasso. I don't know if you are an art connoisseur or not, but you've probably heard of Picasso. You, you're probably somewhat familiar with abstract art. And, you know, when I think of Picasso, I think about pictures of people's faces, but the, the features are all out of order. Like there's an eyeball on the forehead, like it's a very artistic, you know, interpretation. It's not um, literal. It's very abstract. It's kind of all out of order, right? Um, and that can be cool for art. It is not cool for storytelling, right? So a Picasso storyteller is the type of person that tells the details all out of order. They might kind of start in the middle and then they say some stuff in the beginning, but then we go back to another part again. And obviously it becomes very hard to follow because it's all out of order, right? And that can be sometimes... Um, common to do uh, when you're not thinking in terms of how the audience is following your story, right? So what you want to do is if you're a Picasso storyteller, start to think about how can I be more cohesive? So it's all about sharing the details in a, a sequential order. So think about beginning, middle, and end so that people can follow you. They want to go on that story journey with you. Right. OK, so these next few types that we're going to go over, they have more to do with the actual delivery of the story and how you're sharing it. The first few types had to do with how you organize the content. The next few types have to do with your actual delivery. OK, and I want you to know, too, that you might identify with more than one of the types we're going to talk about today. OK, so here's type number four, the speed racer. The speed racer. Once again, I'm probably sure you know what we're talking about here. This is someone that talks so fast. They talk too fast. And it can happen. Some of us just talk faster than others. Sometimes if we're nervous, we usually tend to talk a little bit faster. So for all of us across the board, it really takes a little bit of practice and self-awareness to be able to understand and know for yourself, okay, I'm talking too fast. So the problem with talking too fast is obviously number one, people can't understand if you're talking way too fast. And if they can't understand, they're going to be confused. And if they're confused, a confused mind does nothing. So the point of telling the story is to be impactful, is to make a splash is to really be to be able to connect. And so we have to make sure that we're speaking at a speed where everyone can understand and be able to take action and be able to be inspired and be able to kind of think and chew on what you've talked about later. A couple other things you want to think about uh, with your speed of speech is that, you know, experts say people that are talking way too fast are often perceived as less credible. They're perceived as less grounded, less poised. 
and we obviously don't want any of that, right? So we have to be very mindful of the rate at which we are speaking. So if you know that you're a speed racer, you want to work on being coherent, right? You want to work on people perceiving you as as very coherent. So first of all, number one, you can self-monitor, right? The more that you do it, the more that you practice, you know, you'll be able to kind of monitor for yourself. I'm definitely someone who used to speak a lot faster and I still can sometimes, but I also kind of know, and it's something that I can, uh, I kind of think about in the back of my head. Uh, Another thing that you can do is in just regular conversation, asking people to help you monitor, right? So you can let them know, like, I'm a fast talker, feel free to ask me to slow down, right? And that can start to help you be more mindful. Another thing is to build in your pauses, building in those pauses, those moments when you're going to take a break. So it could be you're going to keep a bottle of water nearby. It could be if there's a you know, a slide presentation that you're giving, you're going to have certain parts in your presentation that will signal you to take a break, take that pause, take that breath. Um, Because as you do those things, it's going to enhance that impact and that power of your story. All right. Type number five, storytelling type number five is the monotone the monotone. So this is an individual where there's just not a lot of variety in the inflection in their voice. And it can come across um, very dull, very lackluster, right? So a couple things you want to keep in mind, right? You want to work on being more compelling, more compelling. So what are some ways that we can do that? So our Body, our voice, all of those things are all working together. It's like one big package. So one thing that you can do is start to exaggerate your facial expressions and not like, you know, way over the top. But for instance, if you're speaking and you start smiling, your voice starts to sound different. It's going to help you animate yourself just a little bit. And you might think, you know, I'm not an animated person. That's not me. But you want to push yourself a little bit, right? Because if you want to be, you know, a good storyteller, story is about transferring emotion. So people have to be able to pick up on your emotion in order to grab hold of it. At the same time, it's also about being authentic, right? So it's about stepping it up a little bit for you, not morphing into someone else, right? So you just kind of want to dip your toe in the water a little bit. And, you know, for your own self, whatever it looks like for you, you know, bump it up, bring it up to life a little bit more, right? So think about ways that you can use body language to infuse some more life in your voice. It could be sitting up straight, right? That's going to, um, kind of affect the way that your voice is coming out of your body, right? The other thing you want to think about is when you're sharing a story, you need to be thinking about the emotion in the moment of that story. So not just saying the words or retelling the facts and the details, but how was that person feeling? If you're talking about something with you, how were you feeling when that happened? And have that in your mind and be able to bring that out in the way that you're delivering it, right? Another thing you want to play with is just simply the inflection and how you're emphasizing words 
as you're speaking and kind of play around with it a little bit. So, for instance, you know, when you emphasize different words within a sentence, it sounds different. So if the sentence is, I didn't know the dog could do that. I didn't know the dog could do that. I didn't know the dog could do that, right? So the different ways that you're playing around with how you emphasize the words, it comes across different. And simply by me emphasizing something, I'm getting out of the whole monotone thing, right? It becomes a little bo- a little more interesting to listen to me, right? Um, so I would also say to start to have fun, right? And a lot of times, especially as we're speaking and maybe it's at work or, or whatever, it's like all business all the time, start to have a little bit of fun um, because it definitely draws people in. And when you're able to marry that fun with the actual meat of what you're talking about and showcasing your intellect and bringing in the facts and the data and all those things, it is such a winning com- combination and it, it just makes you very winsome, very magnetic, very charismatic. Um, so look for ways to infuse a little bit of story and infuse a little bit of fun into what you're talking about, even at work. So that's type number five. Type number six is the silent genius. The silent genius. So this is someone who has lots of good stories to share. Lots of good illustrations for stuff come to mind, but they don't share any of them. They keep them all to themselves. They just let it go because they're unsure about how it'll come across or how it will be perceived. So this is a shame because stories are so powerful to connect one person to another. And so it's really critical to boost your confidence in this area so that you can begin to share those things, right? Confidence comes from doing, right? So telling stories in a non-committal environment, maybe it's just, you know, one-on-one and you just kind of share a little something, might not be a whole lot, not a big old long story, no rambling, right? But something, right? And just see how it goes, begin to experiment, right? So what I would say is challenge yourself the next time you are tempted to keep quiet, say it, do the thing and see how it goes. Because, you know, no matter what, you're going to survive, right? You're going to live to see another day. And I bet you, you are going to be surprised at the outcome, at the results. Because oftentimes when we're bold enough to share our stories, we're surprised that We're surprised how much other people can relate in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think the only caution that I would share is to always make sure that your, your story is about, it really focuses on who you're talking about and what they're dealing with and not, you know, just a a story that you want to tell, right? Really make sure that it's appropriate for the moment. It doesn't hijack the moment. It really lends itself to, um, connection and either creating to solve a problem or it's really relevant to what's happening. But by all means, don't be a silent genius. Share your genius. And finally, story type number seven is the captivator. The captivator. This is an individual who knows how to connect through story. 
And you know that people are connecting with you because of how they are tracking with you. You can tell when you're done with the story that they have understood exactly what you wanted to share. Not only the details, but that that point of what you were talking about. You also know because during the story, they are interested Right. They're into what you're talking about. You know that you're a good storyteller when people feel inspired to take action. You know that you're a good storyteller when people come up to you later and can recall specific details about what you have said. You know that you're a good storyteller if people have a better understanding of the concepts that you were trying to communicate. And you know that you're a good storyteller. You know that you are a captivator if you're able to communicate with this healthy mix of warmth, right? And creating that human to human connection, but also power, right? A story should convey strength at the same time, right? And so I don't know about you, but every day of my life, I'm striving to be a captivator. And it happens through practice. It happens through training. Even what you're listening to right now is helping you to be trained in becoming a really good storyteller. So you know what? Get out there be a captivator, become a captivator, start small, start where you are and um, get feedback along the way and understand there is power at all times in being bold enough to share your story. So by way of review, here are the seven storyteller types. Number one is the rambler. The rambler should work on being concise. Number two is the riddler. The riddler should work on having clarity. Number three is the Picasso. The Picasso should work on being cohesive. Number four is the speed racer. The speed racer should work on being coherent. Number five is the monotone. The monotone has the opportunity to be more compelling. Number six, the silent genius. Who should work on being more confident and telling more stories. And finally, at the pinnacle, the height, the goal is to be a captivator. So I hope that you saw yourself here and there through what we talked about today and picked up a few nuggets in order to make yourself a very compelling, captivating storyteller. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Business Storytelling Made Easy. If you found this content valuable, make sure you share it with a friend or colleague. And as always, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye.